uh, Hillary has been lengthening her excuses as to why uh, she lost the election. She didn't really lose the election. It was stolen from her uh, by, I think it's up to 24 different excuses she has now. Number 24 is content farms in Macedonia. And uh, as I said, uh, my grandfather was a a Macedonian content farmer. And uh, we often think about, you know, gathering on the porch and recalling the old days on the Macedonian. I never thought, he never thought that the old content farmers he left behind in Macedonia would one day steal the U.S. presidential election. They are gnarled, hardworking Macedonian peasants. And the way they were able to reach out... In less than a week, Macedonians will observe, remember, and celebrate the start of the London Uprising, which began on August 2, 1903. In that brief 10-day period of the Khrushchev Republic, Macedonians undertook an audacious task, the overthrow of their Turkish overlords, and an attempt to establish an independent homeland for the Macedonian people and others who desired to live free rather than die. As Macedonians today reflect on that event in those times, they are again facing challenges to their identity and thus existence as Macedonians in a Republic of Macedonia. Who will govern Macedonia in the next few years? Who will lead Macedonians in the next few years? Those could be two very different groups of people. The men and women of the Linden Uprising made great sacrifices for an independent Macedonia, in some cases making the ultimate sacrifice of their lives. Were those sacrifices made in vain? We'll discuss all of this and more on this episode of the Macedonian Content Farmers Podcast. I'm Jason Miko, coming to you from the foot of the Catalina Mountains in Oro Valley, Arizona. And this is Sweden Shalemanov calling in from Skopje, Macedonia. How you doing? I find a bit tired as uh, one, one is on the weekend, <laughs> if you're not just sitting around but actually doing something. Yes. Well, it's, yeah, and, and here we are in the middle of summer. Um... Macedonians really can't go anywhere outside of Macedonia because yeah. the corona, the coronas is still uh, raging. Mm-hmm. Although I see the numbers came down slightly, which is good news for Macedonia. But very slight. yeah, but still you 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 can't travel. But you know, as I've always said, there's plenty of beautiful places in Macedonia to go to, and and I think Macedonians, mm-hmm. to the extent that they can, while they while they can't go other places, should should go out and explore uh, the rest of Macedonia. But as I mentioned in the opening monologue, we're recording this episode 81 of the Macedonian Content Farmers podcast on Sunday, July 26. One week from today mm-hmm. will be the anniversary of the Linden Uprising, but today is the, I think, 57th anniversary of the earthquake in Skopje. Uh, it was in 63, so a bit tired and it's hard to do the math. But <laughs> that is, uh, that's 57 years, yes, so... Yeah. 57 years ago, yeah, the uh, the earthquake that uh, destroyed much of Skopje, the uh, old, rail- old railway station still stands as a testament mm-hmm. and a monument to that earthquake, um, but Macedonians rebuilt. And, and built, and, and overbuilt, <laughs> and, and overrebuilt, and, uh, and never stopped, honestly. And, uh, yes. Well, of course... Much of much of the uh, the building after that earthquake, uh, of course, the world responded, you know, with the, you know, uh, with assistance of, of various kinds, and uh, but a lot of the architecture that went up after that was, uh, I think, it's described as brutalist. That's yeah, actually the term. Concrete, yeah. raw concrete on the outside. Right, <laughs> and it's very fitting name. Yes, it is, and and you know, actually, you know, within the architectural world, um, you know, a lot of people actually admire that. Uh, I'm not a 
<laughs> I'm not a particular admirer of that style, uh, but um, uh, and then and then of course, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I grew up on the, underneath one of the most notable, brutalist buildings, the post office, and I I loaded it. I never liked it. I mean, yeah. normally when you grow up next to something, you get accustomed to it, and then you start liking it. I I never could figure out what what the the point was to the. I was almost happy when it, a large part of it burned down in this freak fire in 2012, I think. Ah, yes, I remember that. <laughs> Who knew that concrete can burn? Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> oh, well... Um, Nobody was injured, I mean. Yeah. Now, ma a major earthquake like that, my understanding, I, I remember doing some research on this years ago, just out of curiosity, a major earthquake like that happens mm -hmm. once every 500 years or so. So hopefully, Skopje and Macedonia... Uh, even though you have periodic earthquakes there throughout the year, or mm -hmm. spared from anything major like that for the next uh, 443 years or so. <laughs> yeah, the, the big one that destroyed the entire province and made it fall to the gods, uh, made it, uh, uh, weakened it, it was like 580-something, I think, it destroyed right. all the major cities like Heraklea, Stobia, and Skupi. Yes. Uh, or Justiniana Prima at the time, mm -hmm. and then... I think there was a big one in 1500s, mm -hmm. and then uh, this one, so we had like a break of a thousand years, then 500 years, uh, but yeah, I mean, the consequence of the earthquake was that, uh, you know, a reasonably sized city uh, for a, like a provincial capital uh, of about 150 to 100,000 people was expanded uh, in a way that only a communist centrally governed uh, uh, megalomaniac could uh, like uh, megalomaniac government could and uh, now it's like six seven eight hundred thousand in this horrible uh, brutalist style and uh, uh, b instead of having the entire country develop uh, reasonably like like sent one uh, it was command economy so the government could decide where to open a smelter or uh, uh, the bus factory or the uh, large steel works or you know old uh, or huge chemical plant which were brought to Skopje even though there was no you know natural resources that mandated it to be in Skopje uh, I mean they could send one in Bitola one in Prilep one in Vilas but after the earthquake everything was concentrated in Skopje and the city grew expanded enormously except of course add, add to this the huge bureaucratic apparatus mm -hmm. And now it's uh, you know an outsized monstrosity compared to the other uh, other cities which were left without resources. Uh, all the jobs went to Skopje. All the good jobs, all, all the blue-collar jobs went to Skopje. Uh, so uh, it's leeching the rest of the of the country. And uh, but the corona may fix this. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the way thing. Pe people are fleeing the city now and going back where they came from. Right. Yeah. Well. And as I understand it, uh, you mentioned the jobs that all came to Skopje after the earthquake. Uh, be because so much of international assistance was coming in, um, that yeah. precipitated a, a lot of that. Uh, and as you mentioned, a lot of the towns and villages and in the hinterland of, of Macedonia emptied out um, and are still empty. The, uh, the village where, um, uh, what's her name, from Honeyland, uh, Hajice, uh, uh, Atijue, yeah, where, where she comes from, that's... She was the last one. She and her mother were the last ones there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and we're putting the region to good use as a NATO uh, munitions <laughs> testing ground. So yeah. 
Oh, goodness. Well, that's, okay, so that's one anniversary, uh, which uh, was uh, 57 years ago this very day. And uh, a week from today, uh, as I mentioned in the uh, opening monologue, uh, Elinden, uh, August mm-hmm. 2nd, 1903, uh, 10-day uprising. I think the battle actually lasted in various parts of Macedonia through November of that year. Uh, but yep. uh, but that, it was essentially the, the, the uprising, the, the core was crushed after 10 days. Um, but that was really, you know, one of the, you know, as the, as the, sick man of Europe, as the Ottoman Empire was referred to back then, was, was crumbling. Um, various people groups tried to, uh, you know, really throw off the yoke of, of the Ottoman Empire. Uh, mm. Macedonians who had been yearning for an independent uh, homeland uh, for eons uh, finally gave it a go, as the British would say, and uh, and uh, had, had one for ten days. And, and now... You know, and it's it's been a struggle ever since. Uh, finally, in 1991, Macedonians got their independent Republic of Macedonia, and yet that is again under threat today. We just had elections on the 15th of July. Uh, looks like at this point, and, and maybe you know more than I do, uh, being there, that it looks like Citizen uh, with their coalition partners, BESA, got 46 seats, although Citizen actually got 40. Two. Uh, yeah. Uh, so still, Vomero beat him again, uh, but they'll probably get the mandate from Stevo Pentarovsky. Although I did see that he was going to speak to the leaders of both parties first. But yeah. if I was a betting man, and I am, uh, I would say that he would give it to them first, and we'll see. What's what's the latest uh, going on there with that? Uh, there is nothing much. I mean, Zayev, who was uh, insisting on Corona elections, lower turnout expecting that this would fever him, and it probably did. Uh, we lost about 200,000, 300,000 usual voters did not show up, and uh, odds are that they would have punished him. Uh, so um, he insisted on uh, speed, 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 and then uh, he took vacation. He's nowhere to be seen. He's on vacation somewhere. He's posting pictures from Prispa with Borian Yovanovsky and the Montenegrin ambassador. Oh, Prancing around and his wife. Yeah, it's a bit weird. He, I mean, Zav got took his wife. Are they on Facebook or does he uh, do this on Facebook? Or everywhere, I think. Uh, but it's weird. He's he's wearing okay. the same T-shirt, both he and his wife. Uh, <laughs> so there are a lot of rumors that there was like one tour, and he's posting the same uh, different pictures, different locations, same dress code, uh, every different uh, in different days. So. Uh, there is a rumor that he got a bunch of pictures taken on one go and that they're now posting them every other day, but they didn't remember to tell him to change the clothes. While in the meantime, he's somewhere else, probably Greece, probably negotiating, you know, maybe Albania negotiating the uh, coalition. But, you know, he was acting like, uh, I don't care, uh, it's in the bag, I won, blah, 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 I'm going on vacation. Mm until the Electoral Commission sorts it all, sorts it all out. Well, Mitskovsky said, no, we are actively going to start uh, working on preparing a, a new uh, coalition, uh, but uh, he hasn't announced any, ac- any actual meetings, Mitskovsky, but I'm sure both leaders are meeting. I mean, they, they're both... The elections were obvious, are, are widely considered to be a sham, especially for the way the votes were counted and the 
the delays and the turnout and the hack attack, which, you know, the Electoral Commission insists did not affect the voting, the counting, but nobody believes this. Mm -hmm. Vemur demanded a full recount, manual recount. The Electoral Commission and the courts refused this. So we're going to continue to have this dark cloud of suspicion over the elections. Uh, n nobody can form a government, you know, Vemur or SDSM by themselves. There, there is no clear winner. Even with Dewey, it's doubtful both sides could form a government with Dewey, but uh, it's very it's going to be like one vote majority, so it's not very comfortable. There are rumors that Zaf is again offering money to Vemer or, or other members of parliament like he did after uh, uh, over the name change in 2018, uh, so that he wants to purchase his new majority. Ahmeti has been summoned to The Hague as a witness, oh, as he right. claims. Yes. This throws a wrench in any coalition deal-making. And again, I, I mean, as we discussed last time, the crazy theory I put forward that this is all being uh, engineered so that the logical conclusion is Ahmeti goes to The Hague in some capacity as a nationalist fights to protect the good name of the Uchaka, blah, blah, blah. But this moves him out of the coalition, he says, we will not join the coalition until we clear the name and uh, we'll work, work from the opposition. And that Vumaran is the SM form a government with possibly with the alliance and BISA providing the necessary number of Albanians, you know, to have it, have a feel of a multi-ethnic government. And again, the purpose of this would be to ensnare Vumara in a uh, arrangement in which they're part of a government which uses the name North Macedonia and in this way, you know, practically moves us forward, moves us further away from challenging the imposed name in a future constellation once the memory is strong enough and has power in full. They would be uh, a party which has already been using the name for years mm -hmm. if uh, they eventually grab power you know, in full. So this is my here and it's, it's holding out pretty good so far. Mm. Interesting. Um, well, we will see in a little over a week uh, what the uh, what the uh, what the plans are. Um, besides uh, what I mentioned about uh, Pendarovsky saying that he was going to talk to leaders of both parties, has he said anything else? Um, no, he uh, he will probably give the mandate to Zaev initially. Yeah. Then Zaev will have twenty days to form a government. But it's possible that, uh, and then if he fails, Pendarovsky needs to give the mandate to somebody else. Right. Now, he could still give it again to an SDSM candidate. Mm -hmm. It's possible that Zayev is told to step down as part of an arrangement. If, if talks begin in these 20 days on a grand coalition, and, uh, uh, but Zayev fails to form a government in this time, it's possible that they move to a different candidate, a non-partisan candidate. It, it, all it takes is that a candidate is put forward by parties which can show they have the majority, or if a party has won uh, and then pledges, I'll try to form a majority. But, uh, I mean, he can keep giving it to SDSM, he can give it to a non-partisan uh, professorial type, somebody like they do in Slovenia, or like we did in the early 90s with uh, Nikola Kjusev for a... With a ostensibly non-partisan government, but in reality, everybody knew which minister is backed by which party. Mm. So we'll see. I mean, they, they will... Uh, it's a lot of um, 
gray area for Pendarovsky to, you know, if he can give it to a bunch of people, the, the mandate to form the government. Maybe even Akhmeti at one point. Huh. Well. If he's not arrested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, goodness. Okay, well. Anyway, we, we wait on that. Uh, other news this week? Oh, I know what we wanted to talk about. Uh, Dua Lipa, who um, I don't Ooh. follow uh, little teeny bopper pop stars, but um, she is uh, born in England, uh, ethnic Albanian, parents from Kosovo. Uh, Apparently quite popular with her music. I couldn't tell you. Let's see. What does it say here? Pop, synth pop, dance pop, dream pop. I don't know what dream pop is. I've never heard of that. But um, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be uh, caught dead listening to, to, to this. Um, but she made, a, um, she made a splash this week uh, when she posted uh, on, I believe it was Twitter, uh, a flag of uh, basically Greater Albania. And um, what did she say in, in something mm. about the autonomous, uh, or not not autonomous, the, the word that uh, doesn't make any sense uh, to English speakers, och, och, talk, I don't even know. Thank you, yes, that's the strange, still, I still don't even know what it means after 25 years of uh, being involved in Macedonia, <laughs> it's just one of those weird words, so. Um, anyway, so she, so she posted that um, huge amount of blowback from... Uh, Everybody in the mm. Balkan Peninsula, the Macedonians, the Serbians, um, not sure about the Greeks, they probably did too, because part of the, the flag of Greater Albania oh, yeah. covers Greece, uh, you know, basically. And then, of course, and then the Albanians all pushed back and whatnot. Um, and then I found it interesting that he, uh, the journalist uh, Michael Martins posted a, a question. He says, uh, uh, this is all mm. on Twitter, he said, uh, on the Balkans. Is Albanian chauvinism maybe underreported in media? Not because it is less aggressive than Serbian, Croatian, and XYZ chauvinism, but because most foreign journos simply do not know Albanian, thus rather telling stories from countries whose language they understand. So his tweet then caused a, a huge amount of backlash, uh, mostly from the Albanians, basically claiming that Albanians are the most peaceful, wonderful, uh, <laughs> gentle, uh, lovely people that God ever created and there's no way that they could be chauvinists or anything else mm. um, except for this one uh, Albanian no idea who he is doesn't matter he he, uh, he retorted to Michael Martin's quote the plot of Dua's post was to EU who was jerking us around with this visa lib right. visa liberalization we are not 100 million we are poor and here's the key we are poor, but remember, we have a trigger that can, and then he's got an image of a flame. We have a trigger that can burn up the atmosphere. And, which, of course, is the uh, correct answer. Um, you know, that's always the threat. Uh, how, uh, how did the uh, Macedonians, to the extent that you followed it, react to uh, her post and the subsequent fallout? Yeah, it's a very nationalist comment. Uh, the autochthonous comment is actually in, in line with what we've kept saying here. I mean, under the Presbytery, we are declared to be exclusively Slavic, no deeper roots in uh, the Balkans. I mean, they're deep enough. Uh, the Slavic migration is uh, believed to have happened like 1500 years ago. That's, That's much older than most countries. <laughs> but still, in Balkan terms, 
Uh, yeah. That's yesterday. <laughs> for, for an American, for a green guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in Balkan terms, it's a, uh, you know, the, the comment is maybe it's even worse. Albanians have tried to explain away the map, like, okay, yeah, but these are the borders, the lands where Albanians live, and there are Albanians there, okay, fine, but, uh, you know, the word the Tohtenas claims that they were there, that it's their land, while, uh, and she, she uh, used an explanation from a dictionary which said, uh, not immigrants, not settlers, right. so people who were there have not migrated into the territory, and... Uh, uh, so basically, yeah, she's telling us, she's telling the Serbs, the Montenegrins, even possibly the Greeks, even though, you know, the Greeks are exclusively very super old and never mixed with anybody <laughs> pure-blooded. Uh, uh, and uh, so she's telling us that we are settlers, usurpers uh, on Albanian land. I mean, there's really no other way to understand the comment. And as you said, you know, Albanians often uh, make this other comment as well, give us EU integration, give us EU accession talks. Or we should. Yeah. So this is, uh, I mean, Edi Rama has made this comment publicly oh, frequently. Yeah. And obviously they started the war in Macedonia in 2001 uh, for no good reason other than that they had the American support and uh, uh, residual support from Kosovo and the entire machinery and upper, uh, apparatus to wage war and uh, nobody to wage war against at the moment except Macedonia or Montenegro. Mm -hmm. Serbia was... Uh, settled at the moment. Um, then they, you know, Albanians attacked uh, Skopje, uh, attacked Kumanov in 2015, and they keep electing, especially in Macedonia, warlords in Kosovo as well. So, uh, yeah, Martens is 100% right. And uh, at one point, uh, you know, they're going to chew off more, the, uh, uh, they're going to bite more than they can uh, chew and uh, it's all going to end badly, but uh, as we are being uh, written out of the existence of sovereign nations, uh, we call it državotvorni, nations which are worthy of a state, which mm. are for, uh, which state-forming nations, mm -hmm. uh, we are the most obvious candidate for the next uh, round. And somebody was commenting on Martens, and I said, uh, some Bulgarian guy, and I said, yeah, well, uh, soon you'll be negotiating a mutual border with... Uh, Dua Lipa, <laughs> with Queen Dua of Kosovo, the way things are going, if, if you're not careful, if this buffer state, as we are, uh, keeps being eroded, and it is being eroded, as we keep undermining Macedonian national identity. Right. But okay, I mean, all, all, more power to them. I mean, I'm, I hope they try, because, uh, you know, it's uh, all this, uh, it's very duplicitous, all this... Uh, no, we only care about democracy, human rights. No, we are never. We were discriminated against in Macedonia. That's why we started shooting. It's all bollocks. It's a nationalist project fueled by drug money, and uh, uh, eventually, it's uh, gonna keep confronting. And not to mention, you know, part of an Islamic Islamist project, part of uh, reversing the the victories of the Christian nations of the. Uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, and uh, uh, it's, um, you know, obviously the Sultan has his plans in which Albanians, Bosnians fit, uh, uh, have their place, have their role to play, and uh, how it's going to proceed, 
We don't know, but there is obviously an attempt to reverse the, the victories of uh, the Christian nations from the Balkan Wars. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep seeing more and, and more of this. Yeah, the um, the Albanians tend to play the uh, the victim card quite a bit, uh, mm. unfortunately. And actually, uh, slightly related to that, but slightly feel like I watched a great documentary last night called uh, Uncle Tom. It came out this year. You can imagine what it's about. It is uh, it's a group of conservative uh, Black Americans that got together and put this together to talk about all of the blacks in America who do not play the victim card, who, uh, they're, and they're conservatives, and for some of them how it, it, the documentary shows how they went from being leftist Democrats who, who believed that they were the victim and there was nothing that could be done to, you know, seeing the light, quote-unquote, and then coming over to the other side and realizing that, uh, yes, while America uh, had its original sin of slavery, we've worked to overcome that we're still working to overcome that but these uh these black americans in this film don't see themselves as victims they you know and they want to you know and they they see the democrat party as constantly telling them that they are victims and there's nothing they can do about it except give power to the democrat leaders who you know mm. tell them that they are you know poor dumb and stupid basically and it's similar, I think, with the um, the Albanians, uh, you know, the leadership of the Albanians in, let's say, just for Macedonia, basically tell you know Macedonia's minority Albanians that they're poor, dumb, and stupid, and the only thing they can do is vote for the you know Ali Ahmeti and, and the others, mm. um, who uh, don't do anything for their constituency. You know, where are the jobs, which is the thing that's most needed for. Uh, everybody in Macedonia, Macedonians, Albanians, Bosnians, Turks, Roma, etc. So, you know, it's, it's in, in watching this film last night, I was thinking, where are the, um, where are the, the, uh, the voices amongst the uh, Albanian uh, minority in Macedonia that can stand up and say, you know what, we're going to take responsibility uh, here, and we're not just going to be, play the victim card all the time. I maintain, Svetin, since I've been involved now in Macedonia for almost a quarter of a century, that the problem for, not with, but for uh, uh, Macedonia's uh, ethnic Albanians is that the leaders there have been, frankly, lazy. Uh, and they have not, um, you know, looked at what is necessary, not just for their own constituency, but for all Macedonians to make Macedonia... Um, wealthy, secure, stable. Uh, so, but yeah, and you mentioned the, the, the drug money and whatnot, and there's a quote, I can't remember where it is, I don't have it right in front of me, where Ali Ahmeti basically tells the interviewer, mm. you know, we're not so naive as to uh, think that, uh, that money from uh, smuggling and other things doesn't get to us and support our party. So it's, and, and he basically admits uh, it. Good use of the passive voice there. <laughs> Now, just look at all the conspiracy theories which were woven to explain away the very clear, very clear-cut attack from Kosovo on Macedonia in, in 2015 uh, during the oh, yeah. wiretapping right. scandal, the attack on Kumanova, and all the conspiracy theories that were made up uh, just to 
uh, obscure the fact that the Albanians are seeing a weak country, a weak, uh, the weakening of Macedonia and Macedonian national identity, right. and say, okay, great, they're ripe for the taking, now is the moment, let's seize it. And uh, uh, Hillary's going to win the elections, she's going to cover us uh, in the future, and, uh, you know, we can, we can do whatever we want. And very similar calculations are now going with the Biden uh, administration coming, and uh, they're openly calculating that, okay, now is the moment, now is the time. Soon this uh, nightmare of Trump will be over, not that he did anything to them, but uh, or that he did anything foreign policy related, but uh, soon we'll have our own people back in position and we can push forward, uh, you know, we'll paint the Macedonians, the Serbs as, you know, Russians, Slavs, you know, opponents of the West, etc., and uh, uh, and then once the West is weakened, uh, uh, once if Turkey is uh, assertive again, or, or if China, I mean, they have in the past hundred years, uh, Albania has built uh, an ideology based on communist China. Mm -hmm. I kid you not. You know, the Enverhoja system was uh, not. Uh, uh, considered Soviet Russia not communist enough, so they <laughs> looked for inspiration in Maoist China. And they uh, have, obviously, you know, because of the Islamization, they have uh, pledged allegiance to uh, Turkey, to, to the Caliphate as well. So it would be, you know, a complete no-brainer for them if the U.S. Is, uh, has served this purpose, if, uh, you know, had gotten them to a certain point, but is no longer in position to dictate terms, whether it's because of some Balkan-style confrontation you got brewing up over there, or, uh, you know, they can just, they will switch to a different side <laughs> on the drop of the hat. While we, on the other side, have, as we discussed, with dealing with an uprising, endured, uh, preserved a culture largely unchanged, um, under Ottoman slavery, we, we resist, too quick, uh, you know, uh, adopting too quickly novelties coming from the West now, although, you know, to a large extent we ac accept what's good, but we, for many things, especially the social changes, we say, okay, maybe not so fast here. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we are more uh, rooted, more conservative in the sense that we would like to have something of our own, a culture of our own worth preserving. We would not just, uh, you know, People were very cynical about communism. People were obviously reluctant to accept, you know, Macedonians did not accept Islam, are often cynical, especially now of uh, US-led Western, what, what we call it now, falsely calling it liberalism. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is the, even the cultural difference between, between us. Uh, they are very quick to adopt any change and <laughs> Uh, they're great allies to whoever is in charge at the moment, and then they just <laughs> Albanians just forget about them the next uh, the next uh, the morning after. Right. So uh, it's not over. No. It's, joining NATO doesn't mean it's over, not by a long shot. Well, yeah, no, and and three points on that. Number one, you mentioned Biden, of course. Um, uh, I think we should mention uh, for listeners that, of course, Biden's up in the polls, but you you don't count. Uh, Trump out. Uh, plus, it's just, it's still, you know, a little less than four months. Anything can happen. You know, at this point in um, 1990, let's say 1988, sorry, uh, Michael Dukakis, the famous uh, 
uh, governor of, uh, I think, Massachusetts, Greek, was up by 17 points over George H.W. Bush, and, of course, George H.W. Mm. Bush won. So, plus... It's, yeah, imagine... Go ahead. We could have easily declared independence at a time when a Greek was president of the U.S., <laughs> and, and that would have been... That would not have ended up well. Yeah, uh, but... Um, and, and, of course, we, you know, it's, it's not a national election here. It's state by state. So, anyway, all that to say that, you know, a Biden presidency is not a foregone conclusion at this point. Yeah, of course. Um, and I forgot my other two points, but that's okay. Uh, I think I was going to say something about NATO and the EU. Oh, I, 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 I've been using this quote lately, um, and I need, to, I need to just keep repeating it to get it across to folks. That, you know, with the <laughs> European Union, especially, that uh, Macedonia hope, hope, hopes to join within 10 years, perhaps, if you're lucky. Uh, that, of course, uh, to uh, paraphrase Voltaire, uh, the European Union is becoming neither European nor a union. Uh, yeah. And uh, by the time you get there, it, it will be neither. So uh, uh, good luck yeah. to you on that. Uh, what else do we got? Good luck to the EU with us. What's that? <laughs> with us joining. Good luck to the European Union uh, with us joining. Well, I know. You, you keep <laughs> tweeting. We, we talk about it a lot. Uh, oh, yeah. We're bringing the Balkans to you. So. Uh, Oh yeah. oh, yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be beautiful. I mean, that's the worst punishment I can, <laughs> I can think, think of them. <laughs> uh, well, uh, the, uh, and I, I mentioned the attack on Kumanov, and just yeah. remember how extensively, you know, people like Team Judah were... I'm just repeating what people are saying on the ground, that somehow uh, Gruevsky and Mialkov organized the uh, false flag, black ops, psy, whatever yeah. they call it. Uh, attack on themselves uh, uh, to stop everybody from talking about the wiretaps, which nobody was at the time. I mean, they had, by, it was me, by then, you know, the shock effect has gone. We both had our big rallies, or actually, sorry, the rallies were shortly after mm -hmm. the, the attack. But, you know, it was very clear that, you know, uh, nobody, not too, not too many people are budging on the wiretap issue. Uh, <clears throat> But it's interesting, you know, how, how all of these conspiracies included Sasha Mialkov, that uh, the Vemera appointed Nikola Gruevsky's cousin, uh, security chief, he is the, this nefarious figure who is running the country, r running regional criminal enterprises, and uh, can order an attack of a group of Kosovo uh, nationalists to attack Macedonia, you know, and then have them killed, right. apparently. And uh, the, uh, have them agree to, to be killed. Uh, and uh, the interesting development now, and none of these guys are mentioning it, is that Sasha Mialkov now has, by now has a very open coalition with SDSM. So he helped provide uh, the gang of eight, the members of parliament who, from Vemera who voted with Zaev to, you know, for the name change. Some are directly linked to Mialkov, others are influenced by him. Then he was kicked out of the party uh, publicly over this, over uh, lobbying with the members of parliament to vote for the name change, but he was not, there was not much in way of evidence. I mean, we know these people, like, they're close to him, we suspect that he's doing this, but there is not much evidence about it. But now Mialkov is, you know, he set up a Facebook, he's writing, he's giving interviews, which he never did, and calling for Mitskovsky to resign. So basically, at a time when, uh, you know, it could go either way, a grand coalition, an SDSM government, or a Vemera-led government, uh, Mialkov is openly doing Zav's bidding, calling on Mitskovsky to resign, 
to declare this outcome as a defeat, although, as you said, you know, Vermeer has more seats, net seats than Isdiasen. Uh, and um, the gang of eight is joining him in this, so these completely discredited now former members of parliament are uh, making the same comments. Uh, several, uh, you know, uh, former government ministers like Nikola Todorov and Nikola Popovsky, uh, who was also quiet all this time, now he surfaced, mm. uh, all seen as close to uh, uh, pr practically supporting Zayat at this point. Uh, and um, several local municipal uh, uh, officials slash businessmen, real estate developers who were who got rich and powerful during uh, the Vimera term, uh, they're all uh, attacking Mitskovsky. And the interesting part, the most interesting part, is that the colored revolution people, they are actually gleefully reporting mm. on this. So uh, after protesting against Mialko for so long, now they're happy to join forces with him. I mean, he, he, he was the second most hated person in the country next to Nikola Gruevsky and at times possibly even the, the first most hated person. Right. But now all these uh, commenters, commentators from the left who were protesting against Mialkov, now they're happy that uh, to repeat Mialkov's comments that Mitskovsky must go and... Uh, declare the outcome defeat and help Zayev form a government. And all these internationals who were also reporting on this, these horrible slanders and allegations that uh, we attacked ourselves, we got Albanians to attack us uh, in a, a staged operation, manufactured uh, attack. Now they're quiet, they're not reporting on this. They're not saying that, well, curious thing happened, you know, Katyzyanov is in prison and Mialkov is working with Zayev. Very pretty openly, right. <laughs> supporting him against Vemera. I mean, there is a theory that this will just empower Vemera, that this will just, you know, Mitskovsky will come out. On top of this, he had a central committee, he rallied everybody around him, you know, people were, uh, everybody in the party, you know, the actual people were working on the ground, supported him. Mialkov may have costed him a few thousands, uh, maybe 10,000 votes across the country, but not more. Than that, uh, it was mostly the corona, the lower turnout. Uh, uh, but um, he, uh, Mitskovsky even had uh, a new status of the party adopted, in, under which uh, the leader needs to resign after two terms, uh, possibly a third term, but only if he's elected by two thirds majority of the party delegates and. Uh, uh, it's much more easier to convene a congress of the party so the party leader cannot prevent a major change in the party from mm -hmm. happening if m most of the party is in favor. So, you know, it's a good move to both say, I'm not going to be here forever, but also, you know, the party will be more open for everybody. But at the same time, given the quality of the people who are the faction, the opposition in the party, uh, you know, people who voted for the name change, people who were... Uh, tired and feathered by his DSM, by the left as corrupt, crooked, and even murderers, uh, and are now supported and working openly together with the left. So, you know, it's an it's a interesting development that the party has purged this faction, literally the worst people in the party, as, you know, uh, advertised in the left-wing press, are mm -hmm. out, and they're now joined, and they're now lauded and celebrated in the left-wing press, 
and we're working with Zaev. Some, some are even joking, okay, is this uh, Zaev uh, pulling Mialkov strings uh, or is it Mialkov pulling Zaev's strings? It's a, it's a very interesting question to, to be asked. At this uh, it is, and yet, you know, you know, you know who loses in all this? It's the Macedonians, so... Mm. Oh yeah, of course. Well, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, I think it's all unfortunate. Uh, and uh, as we come up on uh, the anniversary and the celebration of Elinden next week, we'll have to see if we're gonna if we're actually gonna record on Elinden, or if you want that time to mm-hmm. celebrate with your family and grill, uh, perhaps. Uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, we'll figure that out next week. It's probably gonna happen. What's that? <laughs> I'm not. That's probably going to be the plan. And you know who is uh, leading the charge? You know, there is always a, a group of horsemen uh, taking oh, off right. from Skopje, from Lisice, and uh, riding to Khrushchev for you know, like uh, mm-hmm. 10 days uh, ride through Macedonia. And this time the, the cavalry, as it's called, it's, it's, it's led by Rashila Mizrahi, the, oh. uh, the minister who was who Zayev had removed right. from the government after a torrent of anti-Semitic abuse for posting... Uh, you know, for giving a statement in front of the star of Kutlash, the, right. the symbol. So she's now she's now the main uh, horsewoman, uh, horseman, horsewoman <laughs> of the of the cavalry. Oh, for her. Well. Yeah, that's a very. Well, I. I yeah, I hope we I hope we see some uh, some stories about that. Um, well, I think we have covered all the issues we talked about in our pre-podcast uh, communications. So. Uh, I think um, uh, we'll bid each other adieu for this week, and uh, be plenty more to talk about uh, next week. Uh, again, not sure what day we're going to record it, but um, we will wish everybody a, uh, a very happy Elinden uh, remembrance celebration, and uh, talk to you again in a week or so. Absolutely, a bit Take care. You too, buddy. Take care.